This is the Work Smart Hypnosis Podcast, session number 53, Sheila Granger and Pioneering Success. Welcome to the Work Smart Hypnosis Podcast with Jason Lynette, your professional resource for hypnosis training and outstanding business success. Here's your host, Jason Lynette. Hello and welcome back. It's Jason Lynette here with an action-packed session here today with a familiar name, Sheila Granger, who you likely already know from the Virtual Gastric Band Program. Definitely one of the biggest weight loss hypnotic phenomenons out there, if indeed the only one really out there. It's a fabulous program in which you work with the client's subconscious mind to help your client rapidly get conditioned to being satisfied with a more appropriate portion of food. Now, what's interesting inside of this recording you're about to listen to with Sheila is that we really don't spend too much time talking about virtual gastric band, which you can learn more about over at her website, SheilaGranger.com or even on my training page, learnvirtualgastricband.com. Now, what's interesting, again, inside of this program is that we talk a little bit more about Sheila's origin story, how she got involved in hypnosis, where she's taken it, and some of the fascinating directions it's now taking her as well. So let's jump right in. This is the Work Smart Hypnosis Podcast, session number 53, Sheila Granger and Pioneering Success. So I've been in um, hypnosis, Jason, for around about seven years now. And uh, my background, I worked for the government and I was a um, fraud investigator. So my job was to knock on people's doors with allegations that they were fiddling their social security benefits. And my job was to get the government's money back, prosecute these people, um, take them to court. And you'd think it was quite a negative job, really, but I actually quite enjoyed it from the point of view of... I probably didn't realise in some way that I was using hypnosis. You know, I view hypnosis in a way, it's high level communication skills. And, you know, I was building rapport with these people. And although I was going to prosecute them, I always used to leave their house and they used to say, oh, thanks ever so much, love, for coming to see me. (laughs) Um, You know, so I've done them a favour. And I never really intended to do anything else. I did that job for 22 years. And then I happened to see a hypnosis training course. And I was a bit of a librarian at the time. I liked to gather information. And I'd always had that interest in, well, how do we think? You know, how does the human mind work? So I thought, what the heck, I'll go on this hypnotherapy training course. And I never intended to start a business. To be honest with you, Jason, I don't quite know how I've ended up how I've ended up. But I um, went on this course and at the time I thought, well, this is quite good, this stuff. And if I saw a couple of people a week and charged them, you know, $100 a session, then, you know, that's you know, a nice little bit of extra income on top of my normal job, on top of the day job. Um, started seeing some people from home after I qualified. And then I noticed the difference you can make to somebody's life. And that drive then took over to do more of it. So in a short space of time, um, I've been working with a, a chiropractor and his wife um, and, and their children doing private sessions. And they happened to give me the opportunity to work out of their office. And, and for a year, I balanced doing the day job and doing the hypnosis as well. And I got to the point where there wasn't enough hours in the day. 
I was never really getting a break. I was either doing hypnosis or I was doing the day job. And I'd matched my income or doubled my income um, month on month for 12 months. And I used to turn up at the day job and people used to say, what are you doing here? Because by this point, you know, I'd got press articles about the work that I've been doing. And, you know, I regularly used to go and talk on the radio. And so eventually I thought, yeah, go with your passion, go with what you want to do. So I eventually gave up the day job and launched it as a full-time business. I think that's a really interesting story for people to hear just for the reason that I think that's probably one of the bigger fears of someone who is looking at making that transition. And I love that approach that you mentioned of you let it gradually take over. Mm. You let it get to a point where it just didn't make sense anymore to stay in the old job. No, I mean, you know, I was in a position as well, you know, I didn't have a um, husband at home. I'd gone through a divorce. So there was a daughter to look after, you know, a mortgage to pay. So I think a lot of people, you know, we have that fear that. Well, what if I can't make the money? What if I don't get any clients? And that fear keeps people almost rooted to the spot as well. Um, So if we almost take a a sensible approach to it, that this is going to take a while, um, you know, we all want to, you know, have all those clients walking through the door immediately. But as you and I know, Jason, you know, building a business takes a while um, to people to get to know you. So, you know, scattering the seeds in your local community. Um, so that client base starts to build up and the word of mouth stuff starts to build up. But then once you've, you know, you see the income coming in, and I've always taken the view from the very beginning that really almost 20% of what you earn should be going back into your business to make it bigger and better. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's that path of growing. It's that challenge that some people would have perhaps of, you know, looking at, you know, I'm out there, you're out there too, talking about the benefits of uh, email marketing and to look at a service and see perhaps some sort of monthly rate attached to it. The thought at first would be, I can't afford to do that. And you and I perhaps would be agreeing that we can't afford not to do that. So you were looking at the hypnosis training originally just from that curiosity, and then it kind of took over from there. What was the next step for you? I'm very much almost a bit of a, I like to see the evidence of something. And I think sometimes even when we're working with clients, you know, they, we've brought about the change in them. We think, well, have we brought about a change? Is that real? Has it really happened? And so almost we don't believe in ourselves enough. But so I like to see the evidence of something. So so then, you know, really, I, I almost launched straight into a lot of my clients were weight loss. And the system that I'd been trained in was a little bit hit and miss. You know, it worked for some people, not for others. And then I came upon this gastric band um, protocol and thought, well, I wonder if I can make that work. And really sort of it all launched from there, you know, from doing some initial research and being brave or stupid enough to invite the local press along to independently verify any results that I had. And that really started launching things and, and bringing the clients through the door, um, you know, that initial press exposure. And then also pushing for what further evidence can I get with this? Um, Let's see some clinical trials on it. So it was really, I suppose, it's pushing the the boundaries all the time. and, And what can we do as a profession to build credibility in that profession? Absolutely. And the journey of getting virtual gastric band from original idea to sort of international sensation now, what was that arc like for you? I mean, I look back at it now, Jason, and I almost, well, in a way, I don't look back because I'm always working on the next thing. And people sometimes say, you know, well, you know, you've done really well. How have you even started? How do you manage all of that? 
And it still comes from that, you know, I suppose the, you've got to have an inner drive that you want to make a difference. And, and now that making a difference comes not just from, you know, the clients, but, you know, my clients and now other hypnotherapists as well. You know, how do they build a business? How do they start off? You know, what support do they need with that? Because, you know, I always think, well, there isn't really anything special about me. You know, I'm not the best hypnotist in the world or anything like that. I've just been brave enough to start pushing the boundaries and putting myself out there. And the original sort of gastric band work, you know, I read a newspaper article, um, some people in the, in Spain called the Shirans, and they claim to have come up with this um, concept of a gastric mind band. And I just read a newspaper article on it. I thought, well, you know, what can I do with that? And is that possible? And can I make it work? And really devise my own programme around that concept. Um, you know, tried it, tested it, altered things until I got something that, yes, this really seems to work with people. Well, I think there's an interesting thing to point out here, which I, I'll tell the story briefly. I had a student in a previous class that it was a funny experience because there were people in this course who were kind of getting annoyed with this man that he was, and the phrasing was, but he's still getting trained. He shouldn't be out there doing all these things because he was interacting with friends and people he'd run into in bookstores. And it'd be, oh, you have a fear. Let's do something for that. <laughs> oh, you smoke. You want to change that? And he'd just jump right into that change process. And it was interesting dynamic because the fellow students were getting annoyed by this. And I was the one, of course, getting excited about this. And there's something to be said about in the early days, I think, just not knowing enough to be fearful, mm. not knowing enough to, quote, know better. Yeah. So I think you've got an interesting story, though, about jumping into kind of a hypnobirthing opportunity, right? Yeah, I mean, it's almost like a, a marketing stream for me, really, when I look back at it. But I probably didn't realise that's what I was doing at the time. Um, my very first one before the hypnobirthing was I'd only been qualified for probably about two weeks. And I was one of those people who actually didn't do that much practice while I was doing the training course. I didn't really get myself out there. You know, I did a few sessions with family and friends and that was about it. But I've got this qualification. So and on the front page of my local newspaper was a plea for help. And it was a lady who had hiccuped for five and a half years continuously. So I rang the paper up and said, you know, I'm a hypnotherapist and I might be able to help that lady. So if you'd like to offer a complimentary session, um, she just needs to ring me up and I gave my details. And the next day the paper rang me back and they said, this lady, we want to bring her to you and we want to film the session for our website. No pressure there then. <laughs> so this lady came. She was one of these clients who actually you couldn't get very much out of. So when we look at language patterns or what resources somebody has to fix themselves, she really didn't give me that much information. And I remember sitting in the session and I'm counting from one to ten on my induction, thinking I hope there is an angel in this room that's going to tell me what to say <laughs> to this lady because I can't remember hiccuping in my training course. Anyway, the lady did stop hiccuping during the session. And then the following day, the newspaper wrote a full page article about how I'd stopped this lady hiccuping. And of course, then the phone rings off the hook because clients, potential clients have self-identified themselves as having a problem. And if you can help that lady with this, I'm sure you can help me do da 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 You know, and going back to that point that you made about, you know, sometimes we think you know, we've got to be qualified or, um, you know, we've got to have certain things in place. Well, I think it's similar to the... I'd call it the certificate junkie being the mindset of 
as soon as I have this piece of paper, I can do this. As soon as I have this, I can do that, as opposed to kind of trusting where they are and just jumping in. Yeah, we're always sort of looking for permission, in effect. That's what we're doing, isn't it? We're looking for permission by having that certificate or having that piece of paper that, yes, I can do this. And it's interesting because I had a conversation with, um, I'm involved in the moment, at the moment in writing a book. And it's a book called Go the Hull Way. And Hull, which is my closest city, has won City of Culture 2017. So what I'm doing for that is I'm writing a book that will go with that. And I'm interviewing all the successful, inspirational people that have come out of the city. You know, what are their habits, routines? You know, how do they think? And the sections on politicians, business leaders, sports personalities, So I'm interviewing all these people, we're videoing it, there'll be a website for it. And at the back of it, you know, I'll be putting, okay, what are the strategies that the average day man in the street can use to improve their life? You know, what is it that these people are doing? And one of the guys I interviewed, he runs a like an entrepreneur circle type of thing where they help entrepreneurs of tomorrow. And he said, I said to a colleague, the real entrepreneurs won't be in this group you know, because the people in this group are asking permission to go and do something. And he said, you're not asking permission to go and write this book. You're just doing it. But really, again, you know, it's a great, well, hopefully, you know, it's a great marketing tool um, because what I'm really doing is connecting with all these people. So, you know, the business leaders who need stress management in their organisation, you know, who are they going to know about? They're going to know about me. Um, you know, the sports people, when they need psychological skills training for their sports, who is it that they know about? Um, so, you know, it's, it's going to be, hopefully, it's a great profile raise. Um, it's really interesting doing it. Um, but one thing that comes out of that book is that all of these people that I've interviewed, and none of them were born sort of what we call in England with a silver spoon in their mouth. So none of them have come from a background of, um, or a moneyed background They've all built whatever they've built from absolutely nothing. They've had absolutely nothing and they've built um, some of them, you know, fantastic businesses and they've done it in sort of completely on their own back. But they all had a passion for making a difference to something and they ran with that passion and the rest came as a result of it. There's something that you that you hit on there that I want to highlight here, which was that when we look at getting started at something, to look at it from that position of you know marketing the hypnosis though what you did there was that you're writing this book for this local project and it becomes a marketing stream for you but what it does is it actually positions the hypnosis perhaps to use our language as a bit of a presupposition Mm. that sheila granger's writing this book she's a hypnotherapist and it's moving on to the next phase which in many ways folds in the hypnosis as an assumed that this is just what you do and you're this professional in your local community. Similar, I know that you also talk about the value of business networking, like a BNI, a Business Networking International, to which my mindset when I was doing that was I'm there to represent what I care about professionally and by accident, that's going to bring me a lot of clients. Yeah, I mean, I'm a, a big business networker and you know all the people you know, for this book um, that I want to get to, you know, I'm getting to them all through business networking. So uh, I go to, might say, a B&I group and it's every Thursday morning, horrendous time in the morning. <laughs> and, you know, I think about who would be good for this book. And I, I stand up and I say, you know, good morning, everybody. My name is Sheila Granger. I'm a professional clinical hypnotherapist. This week I'm looking for your help for a personal introduction to, and I name the person, because people know people. 
So, you know, I'm getting, say, every single one of them through business networking or the person that I'm interviewing is getting me the next person because I'll say to them, you know, who else do you think ought to be in this book? And, you know, do you know them? I mean, my um, my cell phone now, Jason, is just full of, you know, really, really good content. Really good influential people and contacts. I think, oh, who shall I ring today? Nice, nice. <laughs> oh, I stole uh, I stole a strategy one time from a past client, which was that she was a high-powered real estate person locally. And when you visited here, what was it, when we drove by the White House, it was that, oh, that did take an hour to drive 10 miles. There's so much traffic in this area that she invented a game called uh, Business Networking Traffic Russian Roulette. <laughs> which was that the side note here, of course, with the Bluetooth headset in place, she'd open up her phone and just randomly scroll through all the contacts and then stop it. And then from that screen that would display seven or eight people go, huh, oh, I haven't talked to Sheila in a while mm-hmm. and just randomly call the person. And I, I have to admit, I've used that in the past. And whether it's been a past client that I reconnected with that just Hey, checking in to see how well things are going for you, or even some sort of business contact or even fellow hypnotist. It's actually traditionally resulted in either a really good conversation or helped to ignite some sort of new project or new connection. Yeah, and that's it, isn't it, Jason? That you, a lot of the time we forget about our existing network. You know, it's sort of, you know, when, say, somebody starts off new in the hypnotherapy profession, they think, oh, I've got to get the next customer or the next customer. How do I do that? And, you know, they think, oh, I, I don't know if I can afford an expensive business networking group yet. But people forget about their existing networking and keeping in touch with those people and having, you know, regular sort of just chats with those people because it is where ideas come from and where one thing almost leads to the next. Absolutely. So let's kind of switch gears for a moment. And I always like to ask this question. Someone comes into your office, someone is there because they are there for change, whether it's weight loss, whether it's anything else. Kind of describe perhaps the feeling you want that client leaving your office with the experience, if you can kind of characterize what your goals are of that initial meeting. I mean, the goals, obviously, I mean, I invite people to um, a complimentary consultation. Um, and that's the whole theory behind my marketing is really to get somebody sitting in front of me or in, in front of one of my therapists, if you like, because I tend to um, get other people to see clients now so I can be freed up to sort of work on some bigger projects. Um, so unless it's a really interesting case that I, I want to do myself, you know, then um, I would you know get somebody else to do it. But the whole goal is to leave that, let that person um, leave thinking, yes, this person can really help me. Um, I know it's going to work. So, you know, on the walls, on my clinic walls, I have, you know, lots and lots of frame testimonials, before and after pictures. Um, so, and that's actually what they're, apart from me, that's what they're looking at on that wall. Um, so everything is sort of um, framed, if you like, for success. You know, it's a massive rapport building exercise. And then, you know, the whole idea of that is they're then going to be converted into somebody who then buys a programme. Um, I don't sell single sessions because, you know, it's a bit of a flawed business model, really, um, in that we've then got to go and find the next customer. And apart from maybe smoking cessation, um, you know, a lot of things can be sold as a programme. Uh, so if we package as programmes, people are actually maybe buying four sessions from us up front and they're not questioning your own price as much 
rather, you know, they're not looking at an hourly rate. So, you know, I'd give that client opportunity to explain what their issue is. Um, you know, I'd explain what hypnosis is, what it is. And I do that in sort of a bit of a funny way, really. So it makes them laugh. And so the other thing with that as well is that when they're coming back for their first session, they're extremely relaxed. They think, I know this person, I like her, you know, she's made me feel really comfortable. I haven't got anything to worry about. And the other thing as well is by dropping positive suggestion all the time, because, you know, the client is taking on board everything you're saying from the point that you talk to them on the telephone, from the moment they walk into your office to the moment they walk out of it. So I think we've got to be very careful about, you know, the words that we use and how we are putting ourselves across in that initial meet. Well, it's that experience that everything about the experience is hypnosis. Everything that's going on is the hypnotic process. Yeah. I mean, what happens in your chair is really just the icing on the cake. Right. Yeah. So let me ask you this then. So we're looking at how people learn hypnosis. If you could rewind things back, what would you have done differently as you were getting started? I think from a a much earlier stage, I would have looked to learn the business side of things. You know, like most therapists, you know, we haven't left school thinking, I think I want to be a hypnotherapist when I leave college. You know, we've all had a a normal, you know, most of us have had a normal day job, if you like, and not come from a business background or the point of view of, you know, how do you run a business or set that up? And a lot of hypnotherapy training courses that people go on don't teach them anything. They teach you a skill set of how to help people. And without having any business knowledge, then, you know, people struggle, if you like, to how do you get the work in through your door? And it's sad because the passion that somebody has for helping people slowly starts to diminish because they think there's not a big enough market. There's too many other people out there doing it. And it really isn't a case of that because I always think if you look at the list of things that hypnotherapy can help with how can you possibly run out of clients or areas to work in you know my biggest issue is I actually see too many opportunities you know so I reach that overwhelm point because I think oh I could do that no yes we could go to that area so you know there's a huge number of solutions that we can offer almost every man on the street so you know from my hypnotherapy training I would have liked to have seen more ways of, you know, how do you actually package sessions for clients? And also from the business point of view, you know, how do you really start off? Um, what are the things you should be doing? And connecting with other like-minded people and keeping that connection. And that's not necessarily from um, Facebook groups, because I think some some of the Facebook groups can actually put you off a little bit. You know, you sort of think, oh, these people are doing great stuff or, you know, they're not really sharing information. So, you know, it's mixing with like-minded people. Yeah. So building that network for success, but then also putting it all together in terms of how to actually offer that service to the to the public. Yeah. No, I agree with you. I've said that saturation is strength. To be in an area where there's other people working actually helps to increase the validity of it. You know, someone who's looking at hypnosis and they can see one option, it's the question of do I do this yes or no? And if they've got multiple options to choose from, then it becomes which one do I go to? And it makes it a much better decision point. Though from the position that there's so many different issues that we can help with, there are so many categories that aren't necessarily, quote, solving a problem. There's working with clients that are in that good to great format. We're not quite yet at that place where there's enough hypnotists out there to help the number of people out there who can benefit from the service. 
No. And the key thing is, is, you know, it's like, it's not selling hypnosis. You know, I, I sell a solution to a problem. So, you know, recently the things that I'm sort of involved in is stress management in the workplace. Uh, so I've been asked to go and work for a big corporate employer with 2000 employees offering a one-to-one service um, one or two days a week for those employees. So, you know, I give presentations to HR managers to, you know, why they are not doing enough for their employees, but going at it from their angle, you know, their legal duties, their moral duties and the cost implication of this, of negligence claims. And so talking the language that they understand and why, you know, if perhaps they've got in-house employee service, that employees don't trust that. You know, they just think if I'm off with stress, that's just if you're sending me to an in-house employee service or, you know, something that's linked to the business, they feel that that's a stick to beat them with, not a solution or a way of helping them. Um, So I look at organisations and, you know, bringing about a a cultural change as well. So it's looking at things from that perspective. Um, I'm also involved in um, a network marketing company who they sell beauty products and you know they are all salespeople. They want to know how to sell better and how to perform at the best in those situations. So you know I'm doing work with them as well, with um, a view to that being a product that's expanded out to that group of people. Um, so it's all you know very diverse. You know I still do a lot of work in schools. You know I've got school contracts. So you know you sort of think, well, how do all those things fit together? They're all totally different areas. But we could literally in the hypnosis world, you know, we couldn't we can have multiple businesses. And that's in effect what I have, I suppose, is multiple businesses. Which at its core it still becomes a similar message of helping people navigate from a place of challenge to a place of solution. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think, you know, when we first train, we sort of we want to go out and say, Oh yes, I'm a hypnotist, I can, you know, and it's a bit of like the ego kicks in, you know. But it's taking a step back from that and thinking, you know, what is it I'm actually offering? Um, you know, who is my audience? Absolutely. So tell me about this refresher course you've got coming up. Yeah, so I've got a refresher course coming up in London. Um, you know, a lot of therapists that I've sort of come across on my travels, they're lacking confidence a bit. Um, maybe their initial training didn't cover how to package programs or, you know, all the different tools and strategies within your hypnosis training. How do you put that together in real life? Um, because, of course, if we don't, come across as confident to that client, then they're not going to buy your service because that they're going to feel that. And no matter tra- how much we try to hide that we've not got the confidence, it will show through. So, you know, I want to make sure people have got the right training, the confident how you put all those tools and strategies together. So I'm actually offering a refresher training in London um, at the end of this month, at the end of November. But it's actually something that people can take part in, uh, you know, wherever they are in the world, because it's going to be a live streamed event. Um, It's really, again, coming from that angle of making sure that people have got the right skills, the right strategies, and they know how to put that together and market it as well. Excellent. And we'll do uh, a redirect link for that to make it easy on folks. Just head over to worksmarthypnosis.com forward slash refresher. And that will give the information for that upcoming course. So let me ask you this. Someone is brand new to hypnosis. And I love 
the aspect of the origin story here that, uh, and it's something that I think many of the hypnosis organizations should perhaps take note of, that here you were someone who was coming into a training just out of curiosity. You weren't coming in necessarily with any original career goals. You were just coming in from a place of, I want to learn more about this. What advice, what uh, guidance would you give to someone who is brand new at this? I think, yeah, we're all unique and individual and you know, everybody comes into it for a different reason. A lot of people are because they've had a positive change themselves or they've um, seen somebody else experience a positive change. Or it could be just be somebody like myself who's almost fallen upon it and that curiosity has grown. The actual hypnotherapy training course offers a huge amount of personal development anyway because you know, I know myself that if I'd known what I know now how the human mind works and I probably have used mine in a much better direction many years before I actually did you know a lot of people if only I had a conversation last night we have a little it's called a law of attraction group but it's really a little mini mastermind um, and it's just a few friends and we get together once a month and we help each other out with sort of business stuff but it's also life stuff as well you know what is it that you really want in life and how can we help people get there and we just meet up once a month and, you know, one of the guys, actually an author, is a poet, and I haven't known him very long. He said, you know, listening to your story, you know, it's almost as though, you know, when you were freed up from the day job, you suddenly decided to start launching these massive rockets. You know, you didn't do things gradually. You just thought, right, now I'm going to launch that rocket as well and really sort of set things off in every area of your life. And I think it has got to be a gradual thing when we're doing that course that we... We learn the skills ourselves, we we live and breathe that, and then we see how we can help others with it. Yeah, it's that position that you know, it's one of my challenges that I can't necessarily teach one aspect of what I did in hypnosis, uh, the way that I did it, because I kind of did the opposite for a while, which was the uh, I had done many years of preparation and many years of planning. And then it became the moment of pull off the bandaid, I'm jumping in, mm. yeah, I'm signing the scary lease, and I better make this work. Mm. But from that position of that gradual sort of transition, that fade from one end to the other, that, you know, we have that ability to perhaps open up some sort of temporary office. And, you know, we're not necessarily lying, but we could simply say, well, my schedule is full, but I could see you on Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, and it's things like, you know, you can, you know, change your cell phone answering machine every day. You know, and say today is, you know, Thursday, the whatever. And, you know, I'm currently in client sessions between until 5 p.m. Your call is important to me. Uh, so please leave your contacts and I will call you back as soon as possible. So the message that you put out is that you're busy. Yes. But you might actually be busy in your day job, but people don't know that. Thanks for listening to the Work Smart Hypnosis podcast at worksmarthypnosis.com. Hey, it's Jason here, and I want to thank you so much for joining me with this outstanding session that we just had with Sheila Granger. And at this point, I'd ask you a very straightforward question. Are you getting the results with your weight loss hypnotic clients that you'd like to be getting? Not just the results inside of the actual session, but also are you seeing enough clients for this life-changing issue? And if not, I'd encourage you to head over to learnvirtualgastricband.com. This is the training page for the protocol that you've just heard Sheila and I chat about. It's an international weight loss hypnotic sensation. This has been featured on the news, on TV, 
and all over. And it's a fabulous program that I have found clients ask for by name. And on top of that, you're going to learn a systematic method to begin to help your clients to release their unwanted pounds. And on top of that, you're also going to get in a business in a box format, the methods, the strategies to bring this out to your local community, get some great results with your clients and see your income coming in as well. So head over to learnvirtualgastricband.com. It's an interesting delivery. You're going to get instant on-demand access to the digital replays of an interactive training that I did a few months back, plus a lot of really cool resources and benefits along the way as well. LearnVirtualGastricBand.com. Look forward to hearing of your success very soon.